welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as We Need to Talk About Kevin Bacon. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, I'm here with Austin, and I'm also here with Michael, Michael Ribbons. Hello to both of you. Hi. Hey. Michael, you are our guest. Austin is our, uh, more of a staple. Yeah. So we already know Austin. Michael, could you please introduce yourself? Uh, hi, uh, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm a recent graduate of uh, Calvin, same place Tony went. I also worked at the Writing Center. <gasps> I'm also moving to Chicago, so I'm basically just Tony from earlier. Wow. <laughs> That's very, that's very fun. And you know that Austin, we, we mentioned this on an episode, so if you're... Oh, I, I'm an avid listener. Okay, I've been listening to your show regularly since 1 p.m. this afternoon. Good. <laughs> so then, so soon, all three of us will be featured on episodes of Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, graduates of small private Christian colleges, and residents of Chicago. And... Yeah. Employees of the our respective writing centers. Our respective yeah. writing centers. <clears throat> yeah, that was a great fun fact. <laughs> so I, I really think... homogenous, homogenous group. <laughs> so really, yeah. Also, yeah. white males. We are um, young. Yep. Are we all within the same like height bracket? I would oh, describe no. myself as in the shorter height bracket. Austin yeah. is in the very. Austin, how tall are you? Uh, six five and some change. Oh, I knew it. I knew you had a tall voice. I'd never seen Austin, <laughs> but I know because my, my dad is six five. That's actually a thing that people do is when when they meet a tall person, they tell you about other tall people they know. <laughs> like you totally. might know them. I do that all the time to people. Yeah, it's sort of like foreigners and tall people. You sort of assume that they all know each other. Yeah, I know somebody from Asia. Right. <laughs> Hey, Austin, how is the weather up there? (laughs) Do you want to start over, Tony? (laughs) Uh, Uh, The weather's great up here. That being said, I am currently in the basement of a building, and you are currently on the second floor of a building. So that wasn't outrageous of a question. It's not. uh, It looks like rain, but rain has not come yet. It's very muggy in my apartment at the moment. This should be a weather podcast, which doesn't doesn't make sense. It's an hour of people being like, "Yeah, yeah." Ambient temp is uh, seventy eight. Yes, our our new special feature is the uh, the segment of the show where we describe our surroundings. I'm looking at a uh, shadow box full of ceramic animals. Um, some goldenrod. <laughs> on the in topic, a jar. on the topic of people talking about weather, I one time made a joke about the fact that people who like to talk about the weather get sort of discriminated against because talking about the weather is sort of the uh, go-to cliche conversation that people will make fun of. And you you asked me, this was several years ago, you asked me if you could use that joke in a stand-up routine. Did you ever use that joke? Well, you didn't say the whole joke. Well, I didn't say the whole joke because I, I wanted to ask you if you used it oh, so that you could oh. tell me the joke. No, I, I, I stopped doing stand-up because it's hard, and I like doing easy things. Okay. Um, no, I still do that stuff. No, I, I forgot to steal that. That's, that's okay. almost worse that I asked you to steal it and then didn't, didn't, so I just made you like put it in the bank. Exactly. No, I thought that was such a good joke because the basic idea was like, it, yeah, most people talk about the weather, it's bad, but what do you do if you're a meteorologist <laughs> and all the interesting stuff you know is weather? Yeah, I thought that was a great joke, and I'm sad you're that you dead. didn't use it. Awesome. This How is good that joke, dude? It's good. Thanks. It's um, Tony's podcast where he brings people on to like have them talk about great jokes he came up with. <laughs> uh, do you remember any other good jokes that I've made, Michael? I've only spoken to you like five times, so I no. I know. I just thought maybe I made a really big impression. <laughs> Tony, you're you're one for five. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not. It's not bad joke wise. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys figured out the dynamic yet? Like, who's who's the uh, you know who's Tim Allen? Who's the guy with the beard? You know. <laughs> yeah, I've been so quiet because I'm I'm zeroing in. I'm kind of triangulating 
the the goofs of this podcast and i think we're almost there you guys keep talking i'm gonna keep tracing okay yeah austin austin and i do have so i'm sort of the bad cop to austin's good cop that's sort of the dynamic that we've that we've got so far well you're awful friendly and sweet for a bad cop <laughs> awful friendly and sweet <laughs> yeah throw the commas in there you're a very confused cop a medium cop you guys what? So get ready for the transition that I'm about to make. Cops okay. are well known for eating donuts. Donuts are a food. And the theme of today's episode, the theme of today's episode. Racial is- injustice. It was- <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is not racial injustice. Uh, yeah, this is-, is the last podcast to talk about racial injustice. <laughs> <laughs> I already talked about our, our demographic. Come gather around people, plug, st- stick your earbuds in your ears, and listen to these young men talk about something that they know a lot about, food. Yes, the theme of today's episode is food. Uh, what did you guys have for lunch today? That's the first trivia question. Oh, man, it's dark. Uh, I had uh, ramen, beef-flavored ramen, the kind that mm. turns the water poop brown. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, grilled cheese... On on rye bread, which is one of the the more depressing breads. <laughs> See, I disagree. I think the rye is the is the icing on that particular poop brown cake. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say you had a very brown lunch today. Oh, it's so brown. I, just looking at it, I knew it wasn't gonna be good, but I was already committed. <laughs> Austin, what did you eat? I ate a Taco Bell. Um, okay. There's a Taco Bell kitty corner from my work. And so at the end of each pay period, they kind of know my name <laughs> you, in there. You splurge. Yeah. You bring your check in and slap it on the table and say, give me the regular. And say, I have $30 left. <laughs> give me anything I can get for $3. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a uh, spicy potato soft taco, spicy tostada, both vegetarian, and then a double beef Taco burrito. Okay, to, 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 to make up for the vegetarian. <laughs> right. At least one animal was killed in the making of this product. Yeah, it's like, I'll just have a cheese quesadilla with no meat or anything, but could you go kill a cow? <laughs> just to That's even a, the floor. Could you give it to well, me in a leather box, please? <laughs> I stepped on a bird on the way in here, so I think I'm good. <laughs> the circle of life. I had a pocket for lunch. Was it hot? Are you saying hot pocket? No, it was. There's a restaurant. Shirt pocket. I, there, there is a restaurant, a sort of fast casual restaurant by me that that I don't even remember. The, it has the word pocket in the name, and their signature dish is is a pocket, which is basically a fat pita stuffed with the ingredients of your choosing, and the ingredients of my choosing today were kale, quinoa, mixed greens, avocado. Red onion, honey mustard, etc. Well, that wasn't really a pattern, so etc. doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> etc. Insofar as it's more edible things. Sure. Yes. yes. Sometimes etc. just means I want to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In much the same way as people say it's a long story, when in fact the story is very short and you just don't want to tell it. Etc. Sometimes means I'm done talking. Right. The first category of trivia questions is going to be celebrities with food names, e.g. Kevin Bacon, who I've already referenced in this episode. So Bacon is a food, and his name is Kevin Bacon, so he's got a food name. Oh, got it. (laughs) No, it doesn't make any sense. Sorry. So, uh, Michael, what happens is words – there are different kinds of words. One kind of word – are are nouns so a person okay. place thing or idea uh, yeah. some nouns so person place thing or idea so some of those nouns are are uh persons e.g e- names so kevin bacon is a person that's that's one kind of noun then there's another kind of noun which is a thing now bacon is is a thing in the form of food so what we're doing here is we're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play around with the, the duality of some words that some words mm. can be both a name and uh, a food. Okay. Are you trying to stretch this to an hour? Is that why you... 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, got it. No, I got it. I just it. wanted to help you out. Um, yeah. Tony, Tony's only question was, what did you guys have for lunch? <laughs> yeah, that's all I prepared. <laughs> he didn't plan very well. Uh, no, so the, the, first, the first food-based name, two people have this food-based last name. And I'm going to give you some food-based clues about these people. One of the people was in the movie Swordfish. And swordfish is a type of food that people eat. The other person is famous for his rock and roll music. And rolls are also a type of food. Hmm. I think I know this one, unless you want to jump in, Michael. So you're saying there's two different people. One of them is swordfish related. And one of them is rock and roll related. Yes, and they have the same last name. And that last name is... Food-based. Yeah, I'm going to yield to, to the Austin on this one. Is it Chuck and Halle Berry? You are so unbelievably, unbelievably good at trivia, Austin. Yes, Berry. No, Michael, I'm going to ask you to listen very carefully to this. Okay, yeah, and really slow it down for me. So a, berry, a berry is a kind of food. You might eat a strawberry, a blueberry, a raspberry. Yeah. Yeah, now, wait, berry, I, need, I need like 10 more berries before I understand what you're talking a about. Boysenberry, a boysenberry. Gooseberry. A blackberry, not the food, the, the phone also is a, <laughs> is a kind of berry. Well, now I'm all confused. You're saying it's food, but you're saying it's phones. Sometimes. Okay, yeah, I get, I, I get it. <laughs> Good. So now you understand the premise of the joke. Good. The next person, the food-based clue for him is that he, according to his Wikipedia article, is internationally considered a sex symbol. He was named one of Salon.com's sexiest man uh, alive in 2007 and People Magazine's sexiest man alive in 2008. Now, why is that a food-related clue, you may be asking yourself? Well, let me tell you. That's because sometimes when people are sexualized by the media, they say that they are treated like meat. And meat mm. is a kind of food. Incidentally, this it is a uh, this person's last name is also a kind of meat. It's a very tight clue that I've crafted here. Wow! Yes, indeed. But Tony, oh. you played your hand because uh, the example you gave for this category was Kevin Bacon, and that's obviously the only man with a last name meat related. <laughs> so, uh, final answer: Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is not the correct answer. Channing Tatum. <laughs> no, you said it's a meat. Uh, <laughs> yes, meat and potatum. G- give mm. me, the, give me the bulleted bullet version of those clues again. I will, but I want you to remember that taken as a whole, this is a very tight clue. I'm now going to break it into pieces. He was named Salon.com Sexiest Man Living in 2007, or one of the sexiest men living in 2007, and one of People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive in 2008. So his his career heyday was around that time who was hot in 2008 exactly that's that's what i want okay. you i want you to go through your mental catalog of very hot I'm, men. i'm i'm coming through through the library of hot men from right. 2007 yeah trying to think about your life circumstances at that time you were in high school i was in seventh grade you were in seventh grade you were <laughs> looking for male role models sexy male role models and Always thought, on the lookout for sexy role models. <laughs> and you thought, this, is, this must be one of the men to whom I should look up. Meaty hunk. I think a fun segment would be to just make puns about uh, celebrity last names and make them food-related. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I assume you brought that up because you have an example that you'd like to share? No, but if I had to think of something, maybe Benedict Cucumber Batch. Okay. <laughs> Or Very Eggs good. Benedict Cucumber Batch. Eggs Benedict Cucumber way. Batch. Matthew McConaughey, let's eat some food. <laughs> David uh, Anchovy. <laughs> Brad uh, Pitt. Brad. Cherry Pitt. Ooh, ooh, Kevin Bacon. Very oh, good. okay, very good, good Michael. One. I don't know how you guys didn't think of that. <laughs> is that the answer, Michael. Tony? It is not Kevin Bacon. You're telling me there's another sexy man with a meat name. There is another sexy man with a meat name. And he's famous, and he was hot in 2007. I will, I will warn you that his name is not spelled exactly like the meat. There is an additional letter at the end, but it is pronounced exactly like the meat. Okay, so is it like beef with another E on the end or something? That would be an example of a meat that sounds like this meat but has an additional letter at the end, but that is not the correct answer. 
All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and guess David Beef regardless. Okay. So uh, try and stop me. Yeah, unfortunately, no, that's, that's not correct. So since you bring up beef, beef comes from cows. Cows can get mad cow disease. And this man was in a show, one of which, one of the words in the title is mad. In a show? I got it. I know the answer. Do you, do you know it, Austin? No, I don't. I think it's John Hamm. Oh, yes. Oh. That is exactly right. The television show in which you could find John Hamm is called Mad Men. Yeah. See, man, that's a, I don't know. That was kind of a softball. It took us a while. It did take you a while. But it's all right. You know what? Nobody's perfect. Except for John Surely. Hamm, who has a perfect body. This next, uh, the next person. That just went by totally undisputed. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. There are no gifts to be made because who's going to argue with that? Who's going to raise their voice and be like, I don't like his legs. The legs are good. His body has one flaw that I'll never reveal. Um, His Achilles heel. <laughs> okay, so the next uh, the next person is a musician uh, whose name is a food, and uh, for the Meatloaf. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I went to so much effort accumulating clues for this one that I'm going to read the clues anyway. <laughs> Wait, what was the answer? <laughs> Meatloaf. With meatloaf. I'm meatloaf. Um, nuked his question. I'm so sorry. No, you. So you're so you're just too smart. It's the I had to win that back after the embarrassment of, of flailing on John Hamm for so long. Yeah, no, you nailed it. I but I. So here's what I was going to do. I was going to read the word for meatloaf in different languages because uh, on Wikipedia there are about a billion different words for meatloaf in different languages. So I am going to read those even though you have already gotten it correct. Go for it. In, uh, either one of you speak Bulgarian? Is it? I'm a little rusty, but oh, sure. Okay. So in Bulgarian, it is Rulo Stefani, which... Bulgari- uh, Bulgarian sounds kind of Italian when you do it. <laughs> You'll find that many of my European accents sound Italian when I do them. All roads lead to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, for instance, in Danish, the word is for Lauren Hare, <laughs> which uh, is German for mock hair. In Finnish, it is called Lihamureki. Wait, can we go back to mock hair? Yeah. Because you, you said you translated it, but then it still sounded like words that weren't translated you mean like hair like on a human head i mean hair like the uh like uh, they look like bunny rabbits but they're they're the different kind of animal and then mock as in like not real yeah i'm not totally totally sure because <laughs> i think they have a really different kind of meatloaf if right. that's the <laughs> translation they, well no it's, it's, it's sort it's, of like it's sort of like it's sort of like peeps they shape they shape their meatloaf like like uh like hairs oh so they like they have like a dead cow meat or whatever, and then they shape it like a, a different dead animal. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. There are there are there are there are silly people, the Danes. <laughs> Did you guys know that today, a contender for the world's biggest rabbit died Whoa. on the way to a United States airport? Can you guess what airport it was? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's, oh, uh, I know what it is. Don't do it. Is it O'Hare? It's O'Hare, <gasps> and that's not a that's not a joke. That's no. what happened. Well, sometimes yeah. sometimes reality is funny, and sometimes reality gives us a joke. You know, it's true. So when you say contender, was he like top ten, top twenty five? Yeah, I don't know. Um, he was a contender more in the sense that uh, Marlon Brando could have been a contender. He could have had right. class. <laughs> he had the potential to contend. So he wasn't um, even necessarily large. He just had the potential. <laughs> he, just, he could have been a very good boxer. Right. <laughs> he had giantism, so there was a there was a chance that one day. <laughs> uh, in in Italy, meatloaf is called polpettoni. There you go. That, that that sounded good. Thank you. My Italian accent is very practiced. The next celebrity on our list. First, my first food-related clue is that he was honored in a 1994 album the name of which was chocolate and cheese and both chocolate and cheese are foods 
The reason he was honored in this 1994 album is because that is the year that he died. Mm. As a further clue, I will say that the, uh, the lead singer of the band said that there was so much going on about Kurt Cobain, who also died in 1994, and nobody mentioned this man at all. I have a special little spot in my heart for him. Mm. Now, I know that Chocolate and Cheese is a Ween album. You are very good. Um, but God, God knows. I have no idea who the, uh, he also, so he is a comedian who died somewhat young and he was in a film called Canadian Bacon. Well, you know, I'm, I'm usually really good at trivia unless it's from the, the past. <laughs> right. I mean, given that you were in seventh grade in 2007, uh, yeah, so I, I was I was born the year that this trivia uh, <laughs> question takes place. So I should remember it because my my mind was totally I had nothing else. Lots to of think neuroplast- about. lots of neuroplasticity at that point. Yeah, they say that the best time to memorize is when you're an infant. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm uh, really out of my depth here. I got nothing. I got so, nothing. Okay. So, so chocolate and cheese by Ween, yeah. obviously a classic. Yeah. So chocolate is a type of food. What would you describe that type of food as? candy yeah you might it's john candy it's it's john candy come on michael you picked up on that clue very quickly yeah i I, well my first guess was meatloaf but i had to drop it (laughs) is he in Spaceballs? am i thinking the right guy he is in Spaceballs. he portrays barf who is the parody of chewbacca Mm. so i'm not i'm not familiar with a lot of his work In, in Spaceballs, he's like He's very like hammy, like it's a very corny acting style. Hammy, Did he hammy, do that? hammy, hammy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Go on. Did he do that to fit like the you know spoof style of the movie, or was that actually like what he acts like? Because that's the only taste of candy that I have. The sweet, sweet taste of candy usually is pretty goofy. He definitely is a a a goof a goofball, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I call him hammy though. Yeah, maybe not hammy. You're reserved for John Hamm, the other John. (laughs) The next actor on our list, I'm going to read the description of the food, which forms his last name, from Wikipedia. This food is the common name for large seeds of several genera of the flowering plant family Fabaceae, also known as Leguminosae which are used for human and animal food. Now, I'm going to spell the flowering plant family. That is F-A-B-A-C-E-A-E. Okay, I think I caught the word legume in there, yes. which is making uh, me think peanut. Okay. Uh, Beans. You did, you did catch the word legume, and I think Austin just said the word that I was looking for. Bean. Yes. Sean Bean. Yes. Mr. Bean. Mr. Also Mr. Scene Bean. Scene Bean. (laughs) What do you do if your last name is Bean, but you're not Mr. Bean, and then people call you Mr. Bean? (laughs) You act very silly for the next 45 minutes. You You have to make the big-eyed face right away, right? (laughs) Exactly. Your eyes eyes immediately bug out of your head. You trip (laughs) over something, and silly music plays in the background. Yeah. That's why it took Sean Bean a very long time to land a serious role. They're like, uh, thanks for coming in, Mr. Bean. He's like, ah, dang it. <laughs> wow, there we go. It's really hard to do a Mr. Bean impression in a podcast. That was my best. I just had to make <laughs> a little grunting sound. This is a very physical comedic style. It's like if I picked like a silent movie style. <laughs> yes. Now for our Charlie Chaplin impression. And now Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> uh, yes. Clearly we only know the, the, one the silent movie star me. between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, beans are, they are high in protein, they are high in complex carbohydrates, folate, and iron. They also have significant amounts of fiber and soluble fiber. Were you guys, like, really, like, off-put when you were a kid and you found out about, like, having iron in your blood? (laughs) Because I was. I'll tell you this, the first time I realized that the iron that we eat and the iron that is, like, the metal that they make things out of are the same basic thing is from the movie X2 uh, wherein, mm, classic. wherein Mystique injects some iron 
into one of the guards for Magneto's prison. And Magneto, using his magnetic superpowers, spoiler alert, rips this metal out of this guy's blood and manages to escape from his prison. And they said the X-Men movies weren't educational. <laughs> they, how many times have I had to tell people that I learned from those movies? That's the same movie that I learned about bone regeneration and making bridges fly with your hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which, which is why you are now a, a, a bridge flyman. Yeah, unemployed. <laughs> I first realized they were the same thing when I cut my mouth open and realized it tasted like sucking on a battery, which was my favorite hobby as a child. Yeah, It's a pretty good icebreaker question to like, when did you find out that iron is the blood type? And the blood type? <laughs> I bit a swing and bit my tongue at the same time. <laughs> Well, uh, I was in college. It was my freshman year. <laughs> I was at a party with a chemistry major. I, I swallowed a strong magnet and immediately passed out. <laughs> and I woke up full of knowledge. So I was welding with my mouth open. <laughs> I was trying to smooth out my clothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I put a now bunch of beans on it. Follow-up question, though, with... I- ironing boards is a clothes iron always made of iron or is that just the original like old kind oh sort of like people will refer to the substance in pencils as lead when in fact it is graphite do people refer yeah. to irons this calls for a trip to google <laughs> Clothes. Here we go. Clothes iron. Uh, let's see here. You know, this is this is the kind of segment that's <laughs> going to get us signed to a podcast network. Yeah, I do like the logic of like, it's like using like by the same logic that you would say a pencil uses like has lead. You could just refer to gasoline as like lead juice. <laughs> just refer to the thing that used to be in it. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what they. It, I can't. I. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna assume. That it does contain iron. Originally, they definitely were made of iron, so I can say that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's Sean Bean. Our next pair of actresses have a type of food in their name. I'm going to read the Wikipedia description of that type of food. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. This food is a soft cow's milk cheese named after the region in France from which it originated. Roughly corresponding... Free. Okay, well, you didn't let me finish. Let me finish. It is pale in color with a slight grayish tinge under a rind of white mold. The rind is typically eaten with its flavor depending largely upon the ingredients used and its manufacturing environment. Now, does either one of you, now that I have completed my clue, does either one of you have any input that you would like to add? French cheese, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds foreign. Sounds foreign to me. Yeah. How do I know I can trust this French cheese? <laughs> you're, well, telling me must... you can, you're telling me you can eat the rind? Sounds like foreign poison to me. I can't think of any uh, actors with the name Camembert, <laughs> and I can't think of any other French cheeses besides that also. Yeah. Right, well, let's, let's just name cheeses until we hit one. Uh, cheddar, no. American. Swiss, Swiss obviously not. A mozzarella. Mm, that sounds like your Danish accent, so I assume that's Denmark. <laughs> it's a Danish cheese. Um, Austin, you were right when you said it's Brie. I just really wanted to finish reading my clue. I know, I know. Oh, you said it? Oh, Brie. Yeah, that's it good. Is, it is Brie. Can you name two actresses for whom the word Brie appears in their name? Allison Larson. Allison and Larson. You are correct. They are Allison Brie of community fame and follow-up movie career, and Brie Larson of The Room fame, among others. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Scott Pilgrim versus her, the World is one her of the star turn. I would, I would include Scott Pilgrim versus the World in etc. Yes, yes. Of unrelated, unrelated <laughs> things. Out of all the cheese names, Brie has to be one of the better to be your last name. Like, it sounds cool. Yes. My name is Gustav Pepperjack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a porn star name right there. <laughs> Gustav Pepperjack. About to get shredded. Shredded. <gasps> Very good joke, Michael. Very good joke. What cheeses haven't we hit? We haven't we haven't talked about Gorgonzola. That's a cheese. 
Austin, are you still with us? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. We lost you. <laughs> yes, sorry. So we're currently trying to name some cheeses. Uh, Gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Oh, I've been I've been tossing them out the whole time. Oh, I realized yeah. I muted my microphone to sneeze. Okay. Um, never <laughs> turned it back on. Very thoughtful of you to mute it. Can you name? Some I came through with. Uh, oh yeah, Colby, Colby is a is a. Austin, did you mute yourself again? He's he's naming Jesus to himself again. <laughs> he's very just alone in his room naming Jesus. That's what he would have been doing regardless right, of exactly. what we, the podcast. We were, we were lucky enough to catch him <laughs> mid-cheese rant. Austin, yeah, here I am. We missed you. I don't know what happened. Did you guys hear my Gene Parmesan joke? No. Tell us your Gene Parmesan joke. No, that's joke. it. Uh-oh. I think it was more of a reference. <laughs> Yeah, it's more of a reference. <laughs> I think that was like the last thing I heard you say, which pretty good way to go out. <laughs> that was the hill that Austin decided to die. I hope on. I go yeah. with a slick reference like that. <laughs> I hope that my last words are an yeah. obscure character reference. <laughs> Tell my wife, Gene Parmesan. <laughs> Our next category of trivia, you know, we just covered. Uh, People that have food names, we are now going to cover foods that have people names. So our previous category was people that have food names. These are now foods that have people names. You you with me? Yeah, and next time it'll be names that have food people. Names, (laughs) yeah. Our third category is names that have food people. So for the first couple questions, I'm going to ask you a yes or no question. You are going to answer yes, and then I'm going to berate both of you for being wrong. Okay. Is the Caesar salad named after Julius Caesar? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. One, two, three. <laughs> yes. yes. You both did it at the same time, and you're both wrong. You're both big dumb idiots for saying yes to that question, because the correct answer to that is no. Okay. Sorry. I'll tell you who the Caesar salad is really named after. Ooh. The Caesar salad is really named after restaurateur Caesar Cardini an Italian immigrant who operated restaurants in Mexico and the United States. Way to go, Cardini. (laughs) Who is is Cesar Milan named after? Cesar Milan is named after Cesar Cardini. Mm. And then Cesar Cardini is paradoxically named after the salad that he invented. He invented his name and the salad at the same time. He's like, I got this name. I got this name bouncing around in my head. I don't know what to use. I think I'll name both my signature salad and my me it. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I, up until discovering this uh, article on uh, on the internet, believed fully and with all of my heart that the Caesar salad was named after Julius Caesar, but it is not. <laughs> they didn't have salads in Roman times. <laughs> Et two blue cheese. Uh. <laughs> that sent me out with that one. That's how I want to die. I will. That's I will. my gene parmesan. Well. Well, I will. I will cut off. I will cut off your audio for the rest of the podcast, and it'll just be Austin from now on. Well, I got Austin. Do you do you have a Caesar salad joke that you'd like to make? I was just going to say, render unto Caesar what is salad. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But I think Michael's was better. Yeah, it, it definitely was. But just because it's not the best doesn't mean that we shouldn't include right. it. Uh, so for the, this next question, I I also want you to, to both answer yes, and then again, I'm going to berate you for being wrong. Okay. <clears throat> is German chocolate cake named after the country Germany? Yes. Wrong! You big dumb idiot. I think it's it is not named after. It's the named country. after uh, Germaine. Germaine, like the word. Yeah, there'd be like a. It's it's, it's relevant. It's relevant chocolate cake. Right. It's germane <laughs> to the conversation. Everyone's no, drinking not. And eating ice cream or something, and then it's like, oh, how appropriate! A cake. This this, mm. this cake is relevant. This cake is germane. No, it is named neither after the country nor after the word germane. It is named after a man by the name of Sam German. Yeah, but I mean, Sam German was obviously from Germany, right? Okay. Uh, only if Tony Dita is from the country of Dita and Michael Ribbons is from the country of Ribbons and Austin Sisson is from the country of Sisson. Well, it's not my fault that all our names are made up words. German, <laughs> he was probably, uh, 
you know. No, you're right. You're probably German. right. His name probably derives from his German ancestry, and so indirectly, it's named after. The it was probably, Unless, but it is not. It's he, probably an Ellis Island thing. Like he had like a horrible last name, like Gorgonzola, and he was like, ah, German. Yes, yes. That that classic German last name, Gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. <laughs> and my uh, middle name is Ellis, so that's Germaine to this episode. I think. Oh man, <laughs> that is Germaine. Yeah, his I, I again fully and with all my heart believe that German chocolate cake was named after the country of Germany, but it is it is an American chocolate cake made by someone whose last name is German. Mm. It's almost like you're berating yourself through us. Yes, this is. Uh, uh, I'm sort of vicariously berating berating myself through you. <laughs> yeah, German chocolate cake was invented in 50, 1852 by a man by the name of Sam German. Pretty interesting. Sam German. Uh, so this next question, I'm going to let you answer for real, and I won't berate you if you get it wrong. This dish is a Sichuan cuisine dish named after Ding Baozhen, a late Qing dynasty official whose title was Gong Bao, the translation of which is Palace Guardian. I mean, Bao makes me think that it's steamed buns. I'm going to say his name again, Gong Bao. And I'm also going to tell you that it is a dish that you will find at many Chinese restaurants. Is it Gong Bao chicken? Yeah, yeah, well, Kung Pao chicken, yes. It somehow got translated into English, uh, into American Chinese restaurants as Kung Pao rather than Gong Bao. Uh, Now I feel really ignorant for assuming it was like a martial arts thing. (laughs) I mean, it was was Chinese. Yeah, you're Um, thinking of Mulan beef. (laughs) You're thinking of Moulin Rouge? Um, the Disney crossover hit? The the French Chinese Disney crossover hit. No, I thought that was interesting. I didn't I just I always assumed that those dishes were just sort of like made up names, but it actually comes from something comes from a real man whose title was Gong Bao, meaning Palace Guardian. Right, which can you th- name a food that has a made up name? That doesn't that doesn't uh, come from. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, of course, all food names come from something. I just I don't know. <laughs> We're trying to take your joy, Tony. <laughs> well, you managed to do. You're it. like, isn't that wonderful? Uh, We're like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mulan, I just want to say when when you guys had a prior episode where you, where you're talking about Disney sequels, and I think there yes. was there was a huge missed opportunity in there. Do you mind if I if I share? Only if you share it in a way that makes us look good instead of looking bad. Okay, right. well, uh, never mind then, because this joke is dope. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the... No, please you, you asked what, what You asked them to guess what the tagline was for The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, and I could not believe that nobody came up with, he's back. Oh. 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 Michael, what we're going to do now is we're going to re-record every single one of our episodes with commentary from Michael Ribbons. Yeah, like really obnoxious, just for like one or two yes. puns. Yeah. Stop, sort of stop like the, the director's commentary on DVDs. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen this here. <laughs> on the topic of corrections, you know, since we're correcting past episodes, we, Austin, in an episode you and I were talking about chess, and we were talking about the fact that Humphrey Bogart played chess. Um, and Humphrey Bogart was in a movie called Casablanca, and there is a very famous early 20th century chess player named Capablanca, which I me- neglected to mention. Oh. So uh, that was pointed out to me by a good friend of mine. Well, that's a, um, that's a good revision because it's not an admission of a fault. It's just additional information. Yes. It's one of a, sort of like Michael Ribbons. It was a sin by omission rather than commission. Right. Yeah. I just... I just didn't want it to go. That's that's too good of an opportunity to pass up. It was, it's very good. even like two episodes uh, later, out of context, really forced <laughs> in there. I was not going to let that joke just People escape love into that. the atmosphere. <laughs> People are really going to love that. Okay. Uh, our next our next food was created in 1943 by a man by the name of Ignacio Anaya. Now, it will help you to know that there is a nickname for the name Ignacio, the name of which was lent to the type of food that he created. Um, nachos, maybe. That's exactly right. right. Nacho is a nickname given to men who are named Ignacio, including but not limited to Ignacio Nacho Anaya, who invented the original nachos. 
You could really show somebody up at a party and be all fancy, like, oh, oh, I brought a bag of Ignacios. <laughs> it's it's their formal name. And then you're like, I was on a podcast once, so I. <laughs> this is my here's my number, so call me Ishmael business card. Please listen. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. How do you think nachos were invented? A guy just. What? How do you think nachos were invented? Do you think a guy just like tripped with a plate of tacos, or? Well, according to Wikipedia, the original nachos consisted of fried corn tortillas covered with melted cheddar cheese and jalapeno peppers. So not much has really changed. Not much has changed. I don't know if they use real cheese anymore. Um, right? Yeah. I think but, you know you don't mess with success. I would guess nachos were invented with the same like f- process that I use in my kitchen, whereas I'm just like that doesn't look good. I better melt some cheese on it. <laughs> Or the process which Taco Bell uses, which is, okay, we have six core ingredients. Let's see how we can combine them. Into, like, a tortilla filled with meat shaped like a rabbit. Right. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, According to the Curtis Candy Co., who makes Baby Ruth candy bars, who is the Baby Ruth named after? Now, I seem to remember this being a trivia question in real life, Tony, not in our fantasy Sims-esque audio <laughs> audio trivia life. Um, IRL, so to speak. AFK, perhaps. Right. So it's probably not Babe Ruth is, is why I say that. Okay, Can you say it might be Babe Ruth so that I can berate you for being wrong? Um, Babe Ruth? You idiots! It's not Babe Ruth. So uh, I, will t- I will tell you the story. The, the story is they originally sold Baby Ruth candy bars with a baseball glove and it was very very clearly implied that Babe Ruth is the namesake however Babe Ruth threatened to take legal action against them and so they claimed they claimed that the candy bar was named after the daughter of former United States President Grover Cleveland whose name was Ruth Cleveland Oh, my next guess was going to be that so it was Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a baby. Right. And I was, tra- is, I was trying to do the math. She is old. She's old enough <laughs> to have been a, a baby when they named that candy, and I was leaning yes. The, the candy was introduced in 1921, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 347 years old, so she might, she might have been around. Who she might have been a, a babe at that point. Hey. She may have been a baby, Ruth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's that's the story that, of the baby. That's how you get to be a Supreme Court justice. You just live for three hundred years, and everyone's like, yes, exactly. "Gotta be wise by now." You are you are a master of the laws of the land. Supreme Court justices are decided by a witch, <laughs> who divines whether they know enough about the law by st- by cackling and staring into a cauldron. <laughs> Elena Kagan, you have been deemed. Worthy. The final food, or rather the final person slash food, was the British hero of the Battle of Waterloo. The dish named after him is a beef with pate, mushrooms, truffles, all encased in a pastry crust. His name was Arthur Wellesley, and the dish is named after the uh, location of which he was the first duke. Wellington. Yes. Arthur Wellesley, first Duke of Wellington, hero of the Battle of Waterloo. And all around and, good guy. And all around covered in pastry, the Beef Wellington. Have you guys ever had Beef Wellington? Nope. Never in my life. Is it good? I've never had it. Oh. So none of us have none of us have celebrated the British hero of the Battle of Waterloo. Well, privately in my own way. Okay, sure. Yeah, I do have I do have an annual Battle of Waterloo celebration. Yeah, I do have a poster signed by one of his descendants. Okay. And a little candle that I never, never, never let go out, but okay. I don't know. I don't eat the beef. I, pers- I make an annual pilgrimage to Waterloo. <laughs> You're like the only guy there. <laughs> yes. It's a very, I just go to the battlefield. Yeah. Say my prayers. <laughs> and the locals are like, do you know somebody here? Why are you always here? <laughs> I think we all know someone here. His name is Duke Wellington. 
He gave us two great things. Victory over Napoleon at Waterloo and the beef wellington. <laughs> His legacy will last forever. So say us all. The, uh, I got, uh, the final... That got oh. pretty reverent there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our religious audience may be a bit turned off by that. I, I want to make it clear that I in no way religiously worship... Uh, Arthur Wellesley, First Duke of Wellington. Um, that was; those were all jokes. Yeah, people are gonna be really upset because he's basically the rival denomination. He's like the modern Bale. Like he's a big threat. Yeah. And the the beef Wellington is his communion. Right. This is my body. Let us let us eat the body of Duke Wellington. And you have to listen to Waterloo by Abba while you eat it. <laughs> The sacraments of the Church of Wellington. Yeah, the first Church of Wellington. And, the, and then there's like a, like the Eastern Orthodox equivalent is like a Napoleonic church. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the story of, that's the story of Beef Wellington. Our final category is fictional foods. I'm going to list off the ingredients of a fictional food, and I'm going to ask you to tell me what that fictional food is. Are you ready? Yep. Ready. <clears throat> this fictional dish is made out of a frozen hamburger with fresh lettuce, crisp onions and tomatoes with sea cheese, pickles, mustard, ketchup, and, importantly, a secret formula. Con- con- contrived of plankton? <laughs> I think you kind of gave it away with sea cheese. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, I was halfway through that list when I realized that sea it's cheese. It's like if it was a dish from Star Trek and you're like, it's got space cheese. <laughs> but you still haven't said what it is. The Krabby Patty. Yes, it is the Krabby Patty, the secret formula that Plankton repeatedly tries to get but fails to do so. I, I went back and watched some classic episodes recently, and it holds up. Like, I... It holds like, up. I knew I was getting at least kind of like it because that's like, that was like my favorite show growing up. But like, it's pretty funny and weird. <laughs> yes, it is. Very weird. Definitively both of those things. It's also um, a rare children's show that's fully animated. Every frame is animated, whereas most animation is every ninth frame. So they put a lot of, a lot of time and effort into it. That's very Not including the like live action yeah. bits with Patchy the Pirate that made everyone really uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> Austin, where where did you learn that fact? Um a salty illustrator friend of mine who uh who insists that SpongeBob is the, the only true animated show on TV. <laughs> Was salty an intentional reference to the salt water that fills the ocean in which SpongeBob SquarePants lives? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After careful consideration, yes. The, the pause said no, but the word said yes. <laughs> but the pause is going to be, you're going to take out the negative space in post. <laughs> I'm actually going to extend it uh, just to fill out the hour of time that we need. That's go- that pause is going to be about four to five minutes long. Okay, the next, uh, the next food for which I'm going to list the ingredients, are you ready? Yep. The ingredients for this food is people. <laughs> Hillshire Farms Black Forest Ham. <laughs> yes. This, this investigative reporting podcast is blowing the lid off of this story that Hillshire Farms Black Forest Ham is indeed composed entirely of human It's meat. slowly cracking the lid of a delicious package of Hillshire Black Forest Ham. <laughs> Thank you. This episode is also sponsored by Hillshire Farms. Right. Thank you. We kind of... We, we, we bit, we bit the ham that fed us. The sinister part of that is that Black Forest ham is slightly more expensive than their other hams. <laughs> so they're feeding us people and making us pay like an extra 35 cents. There's a human meat markup, so to speak. <laughs> Folks ain't cheap, you know. <laughs> um, Tony, is the answer Soylent Green? The correct answer is, in fact, Soylent Green, which is, spoiler alert, people. Soylent Green is definitely in the category of, like, references I make, but I don't know the, the source material. <laughs> I kind of always thought yeah, it was a household um, cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also have not seen it. I have seen the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Lines special, uh, in which they list off the their 
top 100 lines of uh, cinema in the 100 years of the existence of the American Film Institute. So I have seen the scene where, spoiler alert, Charlton Heston is carried away screaming, soiling green as people. So I can, I can attest to the fact that that scene at least exists. Yeah, like I think that's like 90% of people. Have you seen it, Austin? Yeah, that's probably true. I haven't seen it, no, but I have seen that scene. So I'm a statistic yeah. in your little your little game. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you're just a number, Austin. I mean, it's kind of like a, another Charlton Heston film, Heston film when the beach pans out and it's Bikini Bottom. <laughs> and you did it, you bastards! You did it. <laughs> uh, you converted our world into a. SpongeBob SquarePants theme park and then abandoned it to the apes. Uh, <laughs> Damn you to the Blue Lagoon. Twist. <laughs> That'd be a much more impressive conquest, an underground beach. <laughs> Anyone can conquer Earth. It's just, it's waiting for it. But Yeah, the giant, the giant statue of Squidward's clarinet sticking out of the sand. <laughs> I thought I'd watch that movie. It's exactly the same as Planet of the Apes, but the only the last scene has changed. I'd watch that. I mean, the the Krabby Patty secret recipe episode is kind of a send up of Soylent Green, huh? Go on. Ah. I mean, I don't know that I've seen that. Would you give us a well, quick plot? I mean, it's the one where Plankton finally gets his hands on the recipe, and he uh, he you know steals it from the safe and he unravels it and reads down the list just like you did, and then the last special ingredient is Plankton. Ah. Which ends up being a joke. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that it has some kind of spiritual tie to Swinglet Green. Yeah. Some, some cultural influence, so to speak. Uh, the next food is a candy that not only changes colors and flavors, but can never be finished and never gets smaller. Jawbreaker? It, it, well, so there is a real-life candy based off of this fictional candy that is, in fact, a jawbreaker. Oh, yeah, I forgot we were in fictional. <laughs> we were talking to SpongeBob talk for so long that I like literally, I lost all context. I don't know where I am. I was like, where's talk. this magical candy? Yeah, no way. What do you it's mean? A, it's That's impossible. It's just a ball bearing. <laughs> That's stupid. That could never happen. That's a dumb candy, Tony. You made that up. Um, I didn't. Everlasting, gob- everlasting Gobstopper. It is an Everlasting Gobstopper. You are correct. What's that from again? Charles and the Chocolate Factory, uh, yeah. which is what I call Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've blocked that movie out of my mind. <laughs> it is also a book. Managed to block that too. So perhaps you can, perhaps you can engage in the book. <laughs> is a uh, is Jim and the Giant Peach? Is that is there something there? Since you changed the name of the other one. <laughs> yes. Pete, Pete and the Wolf. That is not real doll. No, it's not Roll Doll, but it is a person's name abbreviated. I thought I, so I thought the game that we were playing Austin was people's names and titles abbreviated. I was, but you were just you were just doing ro- people in Roll Doll titles yes, uh, abbreviated. Yes. But that your game is could be fun. I thought I thought my game was fun. I thought I was I thought I was opening up a door, but you closed it right behind me and left me out in the cold. I'm trying to think of a way to shorten Jack and the Beanstalk, but I think that's it. Well, Jack is typically an abbreviation of John. Is that correct? Jonathan? I think so, yeah. Well, that's a wacky abbreviation. You just change some of the vowels and consonants and keep it the same length. Yes. Uh, I, have, I have big news for you, uh, Michael. Hank is an abbreviation of the name Henry. <laughs> yeah, at least that's slightly shorter. It's one syllable. Jack and John is just like, come on. Like, yeah, my name's Bob, but you can call me Tog. <laughs> just some other sounds. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Phil, but I go by Grady. My name is Michael, but I go by... (laughs) This next food, this next fictional food, is called Waybread in the common speech. The making of this food is a closely guarded secret, and only on rare occasions is it given to non-elves. Does Smeagol hate nasty bread? He does hate... Smeagol... Yes, uh, the third clue is Smeagol hates this nasty bread. (laughs) It's lambas bread. And that's, it is lambas bread. You're correct. Oh, and look, more lambas bread. <laughs> uh, in fact, in, in, the, in the book, it is only ever referred to as lambas. It is never called lambas bread. In the film version, they refer to it as lambas bread. 
as a way of clarifying. And they're always waving it around and breaking it into pieces so the audience gets like, look, it's bread. <laughs> look, it's, bre- it's bread. Maybe no. the weirdest scene in, is it the Fellowship of the Ring where like Galadriel's lining them up and giving them all like gifts? Yes, it is in the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. It makes sense that that didn't make the theatrical cut because it'd be weird sitting in a theater full of people watching Gimli just get a handed hairs (laughs) with this look in his eyes like, this is my fetish. (laughs) (laughs) Incidentally, even in the extended edition, you don't see Gimli getting handed the hair. You see a follow-up scene wherein Gimli is talking to Legolas and he discusses getting hair. Oh, yeah. So who, yeah, so who's the idiot (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say incidentally was a very polite way of saying, "Uh, no, you're wrong (laughs) as shit. Hold on. (laughs) <laughs> objection you're wrong and you're a huge loser right. so if we never see your hand over the hair can we assume that it was voluntary could Gimli have just kind of <laughs> dude that's why he looks so shifty he's like uh she gave me three can you imagine trying to subtly steal a lock of hair from a lady with an axe and a ring of power <laughs> oh yeah the ring Offer, offers to give her a haircut she doesn't accept uh, the the final food has become two types of real food, one of which is a dog treat made by snossages, and the other is a baked graham cracker treat made by Keebler. Fudge-striped cookies. Now, I'm going to remind you that this food began as a fictional food. Yeah, but now it's fudge-striped cookies. <laughs> uh, it is not. It has retained its, its fictional food name. Fudgy, stripey... Um. Snackers. Grasshoppers. Oh. Pecan Sandies. So I, w- I will remind you, so the, the two real foods that has been made into is a dog treat <laughs> made by Snossages, and the second is a uh, baked graham cracker Ooh. treat by Keep. Is it? So I, I, it, I recommend sort of leaning heavily on the fact that it's a dog treat. Begging strips. <laughs> <laughs> Kibbles and bits. Yes, Keebler begging strips. Kibbles? Uh, Kibbles sounds like Keebler. It has sort of a similar uh, consonant structure. However, that is that is not correct. Well, I'm pretty sure those are the only two types of dog treats, so I think we've caught you red-handed in a question with no <laughs> you know answer. Human fingers. <laughs> That's my favorite Keebler cookie. <laughs> it is uh, from... An animated TV show, Austin, I don't know how many of the frames are animated. I don't know if it's all of them. I don't know if it's one out of nine. But given that it is an older animated TV show, I would guess that it is not digitally assisted. It's the name... Wait, it's featured in this TV show or it's the name of the TV show? It is featured in this TV show, yes. One might even say that this this challenge that you are facing to identify this food is, is something of a mystery. And if you'd like some help, I could give you... Two young men, two young women, and a dog to help you out. Part of the Brady Bunch. Oh, Scooby Snacks! <laughs> yes, I could give you a subset of the Brady Bunch. Scooby Snacks. Their famous animated TV show with their dog snacks in it. Scooby Snacks. This is the story of part of a family. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you say it. What's I don't that, know, Can you guys hear me? I'm saying Scooby Snacks. What, what's up, Austin? What are you saying? Scooby Snacks. Oh, it is Scooby Snacks. It, you are so, You said so, it like so, so six so times, but you were so in love with the Brady Bunch thing. <laughs> I just that Brady Bunch bit. <laughs> of course it's Scoop, Scooby yeah, Snacks. I, I just didn't know that Keebler made them. Yeah, oh, they're dope, really? dude. I mean, they're like, yeah, they're kind of like thick graham cracker sticks. They're filled very... with a, a meat cream. <laughs> yes. Tony shares them with Coach. Tony, I don't know if you're supposed yes. to eat the Scooby Snacks. In the show, both Shaggy and Scooby eat the same Scooby Snacks. In real life, there are Scooby Snacks dedicated to dogs and Scooby Snacks dedicated to humans. Well, in the show, they, there's not a lot of overlap. They've got to be weed cookies in the show, right? Because Scooby and yeah, Shaggy so it's always... sort of implied uh, that there is a drug component. To I them. think they're more supposed to be like the munchies because they're already high. Because if they're uh... eating those and those are edibles, like they'd be in the hospital. That's true. <laughs> Every episode ends with. Patty, Velma, and the blonde dude solving the mystery, and then they go to the hospital to pick up Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, which would explain all the scary monsters and ghosts. That's just them <laughs> Maybe, almost uh, dying from drugs. But, but don't they, like, usually do it as sort of like like the rest of the gang's like, okay, you guys get the Scooby snacks if you 
solve the mystery or like and stop being cowards. It's the antidote to a poison that Freddy slipped into their food. <laughs> yeah, Freddy has some incentive problems with uh, Shaggy and Scooby, and the only way he can get them to help is to poison them at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, there's no way Fred is like as squeaky clean and upstanding as he carries himself. Like it's he's there's he has the eyes of a killer. Yeah. <laughs> He's used that ascot to strangle more than one enemy. He's like, <laughs> like Shaggy, you gonna cooperate, Shaggy? Scoop, come on. You guys gonna solve the mystery for me? <laughs> you gonna cooperate? Or do I have to remind you that I snuck cyanide into your beef wellington last night? <laughs> Zoinks! Zoinks. <laughs> He's just got scrappy, like, tied up in his basement as a hostage. All the time. <laughs> to, to extend the, uh, the drug fan theory further... Maybe SpongeBob is on Coke? <laughs> okay. Why is he so violently cheerful and energetic? But sometimes he'll start like sc- uh, like so, crying and he'll have like a meltdown and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think the uh, one, one true established, I mean true fan theory. I mean can it be a true fan theory? But one fan one ex- one existing fan theory, a germane fan theory of sorts is that Bikini Bottom refers to the Bikini Atoll, atoll, atoll A-T-O-L-L, where the nuclear tests were. Yeah, I've heard that um, one. It's good. And so the characters are the result of mutations from nuclear radiation. Oh, what? Yes. Sort of the X-Men of the city. That's so cool. Yeah. That makes any show cooler, like Scooby-Doo, also the result <laughs> of a nuclear thing. Yeah, the Brady Bunch actually are also the result of... Uh, oh, yeah, you, you name it, the Adams Family, that's nukes. <laughs> My favorite scene in Game of Thrones is when Tyrion Lannister walks, walks out of the pit and he's glowing from all the nuclear radiation that he's in. <laughs> the office is post-apocalypse, they're just like, so, they're so confused <laughs> by the end of society that they're like, we should still sell paper. <laughs> paper is the only true currency. He who controls the paper controls the world. <laughs> That's a funny thought. You guys, uh, it's getting to be that time where we should wrap up. Austin, Michael, thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I had fun. Yeah. I also. This was great. Austin, would you say that you had fun? I had fun. I. A hundred percent of us had fun. This, yeah. this is the part where people that are listening start opening up other tabs, but they're still kind. Of, they're right. still kind of <laughs> okay. Before uh, okay, before they before they open up too many other tabs, I do want to say some things that people need to hear. First of all, we always like to thank Jude Schuma because he provides the the intro and outro music. Uh, we also, I think this is the first episode that we've recorded since we were officially on iTunes. So we have a whole bunch of additional thank yous. One of which is we need to thank our friend Anna Swearinga for providing the. <laughs> Excellent, delightful logo, I guess you would call it. The image? What's the, what's the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, lo- no, logo's good. Logo? Logo's yeah. good. Our excellent logo uh, is from her, and we appreciate that a lot. We want to thank everybody who listened, and we want to thank everybody who gave us feedback and, and, and gave us thumbs up on various social media. And we want to encourage people. If you're listening to this right now, take... I'm going to say 45 seconds out of your life to open up iTunes, give us a review, five stars, maybe, four stars, if you have like a small beef. Wellington. Wellington. And, All is forgiven. Uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Anything else? What else do we need to say, Austin? I think for now, that's it. We, there will be a time when we call on you for more favors, but... It's not today. <laughs> what other favors? We will hunt each of our listeners down on the day of their daughter's wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> Michael, do you have anything that you would like to plug? You've got a lot of you've you've got a lot of open comedy projects. Yeah, I'm kind of a content um, guy, you know. You're a con- you're you're a content making content. I enjoyed I have enjoyed some of your content. Is there anything specific that you would like to? Pl- um, yeah. To our, I, to our to our wide wide listener base. Yeah, first I want to plug this uh, podcast that I'm slowly taking over. It's called Here's My Numbers. It's called <laughs> uh, it's, it's yes, the directors the the Michael Rivens director's commentary of Here's My Numbers. It calls me Ishmael yeah. will be released over the next. We're week. still sorting out some issues with it. We're going to get rid of a couple people, and that'll just be me making uh, Disney people <laughs> jokes. So look forward to that. Um, I, I have a YouTube channel called Mikey No M I K E Y comma 
NL exclamation point. It's a sketch series, and a new episode comes out every Friday. If you need yes. another thing to watch, in addition to the several million shows that exist. Yeah, that's why we. That's why Austin and I went with an audio-based sh- uh, show because we knew people's eyes are kind of locked down in this in this era of your HBOs and your Netflixes. Yeah, we thought let's lock people's ears down because their eyes are taken. Exactly. Also, because we're both ugly as sin. Also, we are ugly, ugly men. <laughs> Um, Mike, you know, is, it's funny. I, I don't think I've seen all of them, Michael, but I have seen a few of them and I've enjoyed them. Thanks. So people should check. Yeah, out. my my mom and my brother like it a lot. <laughs> rave rave they, reviews from uh, blood. They relatives. usually like and share it. I haven't got one for my dad yet. Um, okay. Wouldn't be surprised. My dad is probably the number one fan of this show. He loves. He posts about it pretty often. So thumbs up to. Thumbs up. Yeah, that is an unexpected benefit of me being on this. Is I'm pretty sure you just you're gonna get three more listeners because mom, exactly, probably her friend. Mitch. We're we're looking for the we we really wanted to get the ribbon family into our uh, yeah uh, the the ribbons family into our family. and my former AP European history teacher Mrs. Pearsall is a huge fan. So if she made this far, she's okay. probably like oh uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's my other plug. Shout out to Mrs. Pearsall for yeah. Shout outs. Shout outs. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Is there anything else we need to say, Austin? Any any bidness, so to speak? I don't think so. I think we've uh, got to cover it all. I'll mail you guys the Scooby Snacks antidote. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again, Michael. Thank you again, thank you. Austin. And thank you, all of you who are listening. A goodbye. I, uh...